Hey guys, this is Jake. Just a heads up before this episode plays. This episode was originally recorded at the beginning of September of 2019. And for lots of different reasons, life, work, health, and everything in between, uh, this episode has taken a really long time to actually edit. Um, But I said to myself that I need to get it out before the end of 2019 and before the start of 2020. So it's finally here. This is episode 11 of Comfort and Death and Darkness. I haven't even came up with a funny title for it yet. I might just call it Better Late Than Never or something like that. But as a New Year's resolution, I am committing to releasing one episode of these a week, every week, for at least the entirety of 2020. I'm committing to that. I don't know if Charlie will. There might be some episodes where I just do this by myself. But yeah. So thank you for holding on, thank you for continuing to listen, and I hope you all have a fantastic 2020, hope you had a great Christmas 2019, and we look forward to hearing from you, and hopefully you look forward to hearing from us in this and future episodes. So, here we go. Welcome to Convert. Darkness. I'm not gonna do it this time. Darkness. Uh, okay. Disneyland Paris advert. Sorry, you missed it. Worst thing in the world was having the TV on while we're doing this. Well, we haven't done this in a while. I know. I manage. Well, let's for starters just uh, address the elephant in the room. Hi, Nelly. No, I am. <laughs> my elephant's not here anymore on my bed. There was an elephant on your bed. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here now. The but... one that I got from Wales. Oh, that thing. Right, yeah. Anyway, speaking of which, how was Wales? It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> the most lo- no. response you could have came up with. <laughs> <laughs> I did make loads of friends, which was nice, because I still talk to them all now, which is nice. Good. Lovely. I will say about that place that you went to work, there hasn't, there isn't a single, aside from a few times, they knew who they were, I've never been anywhere where staff morale was so high. Yeah. Like, literally everybody got on. Yeah, it was like a family. Yeah, which was a nice surprise. Cause like, part of us misses it. Even though it was so far away. It is so far away. Best thing about the drive down though, I drove down by myself. Best thing about the drive down is, welcome to Wales. And then literally like three miles down the road, welcome to England. Yeah. (laughs) And then you get back into Wales. And you go back into Wales because the same road goes, dips in and out, (laughs) which I found quite funny. Um, But that's the reason why we haven't been releasing and or recording. Sorry guys. Because. My bad. We recorded like four in one day. Well, technically five in one day. If only you could record over FaceTime. We we could have. Yeah, but it'd be not as sound quality wise. It wouldn't be very good. Well, you could have took the microphone. You could have took one microphone. Uh, I could have no. took the other microphone. Take, I had one day off a week. Exactly. Spend I it with slept. me. I <laughs> slept. Spend it with me. Yeah. <laughs> so with the episodes that we had, I tried to um, eke them out over the weeks you were gone. And then those weeks turned into months. Turned into years. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think we're, we've got our schedules down pat now and we can record every week, hopefully. He says, nodding the enthusiastically <laughs> and she looks at me as if to say, I'm going to ignore what you just said. <laughs> You're neither confirming nor denying that we're going to do it weekly. So I'm just going to say that we're doing it weekly. All right, okay. All right, so. We're not doing it yearly. Yearly? <laughs> How many times are you planning on recording in one day? If we get through with ABCs, that's a lot of years. That, that's a lot of weeks, you mean? Yes. No, it's 26 weeks. I've just said, come on, I'll do it by the year, though. Yeah, and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You're still using the microphone as an eyelash curler. No. 
<laughs> we recorded that episode in July. It's now October. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still using the microphone as an eyelash killer. I love you. So, <laughs> as Charlie just alluded to, this is the start of the ABCs of death and darkness. Um, and we... As I outlined in the past, I in the past in the last episode, you can have the beginning letter of the well, the letter of the alphabet that we're using for that week. You can have that be whatever you want it to be. It can be a person, it can be a place, it can be a murder weapon, it can be literally whatever you want. It could be a haunted place, it could be an incident that happened. But just as an outline, I did a person. <laughs> what did you do? I did a person. You did a person, okay. I don't know if you made a note of this, but I did. I even said it in the last episode, because that's how long this research has been around for. What I was going to do, I looked at a few other things for... By the way, this is A, just in case anyone was wondering. I'm sure in the last episodes I said, could I not research arseholes? Yeah, arseholes, yeah. <laughs> and you were like, oh, what's so I can do with death and darkness on arseholes? And I went, yeah, if an arsehole held, held a murder weapon. <laughs> <laughs> a deadly fart. <laughs> <laughs> Breakneck wind. Um, okay, so I was going to do Agigahara, mm-hmm. the Japanese suicide forest. I don't know what some of these other ones are. Like, there's the alphabet murders that I'd written, which, which would have been very, very funny for this. ABCs of Death and Darkness. Um, I'd also looked at the Atlanta Ripper and the Ann Arbor Hospital murders, but instead I focused on someone else. Now, who wants to go first? Me or you? You. I think you should go first, considering that you're the first one, but you're, you're finally back on the podcast. Man. Fine, I'll go first. Why don't I flip a coin? <laughs> no, I'll go first. Because no. you said, oh man, flip so I'll go first. No, I don't mind going first. I'll go first. Well, why? Right. You first said you didn't want to go first. Now you say you do <laughs> want to go first. Which is it? I don't know. That's why I said flip a coin. All right, hang on. I'll tell Google to flip a coin. So well, you I just say. You just get a coin. Because I don't have a coin. You say heads or tails. Ready? Hang on one sec. Flip a coin. Wait, you need to pick. You need to pick one. But you didn't say that. Oh, they fine. landed on heads. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's do it again. Hang on. Tails. Flip a coin. It landed on heads. All right. So, so that I'm... means I'm going first. You picked tails. Yeah, and it didn't end up being tails. So that means that you won, so you're going second. You divvy. I thought it meant whoever picked. Uh, no. Thought, okay, fine. You're going first. Go. <laughs> God's sake, man. <laughs> right. I've done the acid bath murderer. Holy crap. Okay. Have you gonna... done that as well? No. <laughs> <laughs> but this would be amazing if we end up doing that because it's so broad. It will be amazing if we end up over the next 26 have you weeks. Heard of them? I have not. Are I was you? gonna say I was gonna say what we should do was go like A is for a. acid bath murder. <laughs> Make it sound like a, a kids show. A is for the arsehole that is the acid bath murderer. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> this didn't a kids show really quickly. <laughs> it's like the kids things that people watch when it's like A is for apple. Ah, no, ah, don't, apple. Don't, don't make that song get stuck in your head. A is for acid. Acid bath murderer. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no. So. So. The acid bath murderer, his real name is John Hay. Hey. Hey, girl, hey. So, in 1949, John Hay escorted Mrs. Olivia Durand Deacon to a factory in Crawley. And he said it was his factory. Also, this, is, this took place in um, England. So, he shot her in the head. <laughs> Okay, he shot her in the head and then put her body into a pre-prepared vat of acid. Ugh. So she would have basically turned into sludge. Yeah, I'm just glad that she got shot in the head. I hope she was dead. Yeah. Because that sounds gnarly. So when he was charged with the murder, he confessed 
and he'd also done it to four other victims. Holy crap. Right, you said victims. That that makes it sound like it might have been multiple genders. Let's get into it. Ooh. So, Olivia Durant Deacon. I'll just keep writing it as Mrs. DD because it's, <laughs> it's a mouthful. So, it's Olivia Durant Deacon, but I will be referring to it as Mrs. DD. Mrs. DD. Because I'm lazy. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to offend, it's just, it's oh, a mouthful. Because, well, I'm laughing because you said because I'm lazy. <laughs> uh, I am. Go. Spirit animals are sloth. Um, <laughs> was a 69-year-old widow. You're not even concentrating. I'm laughing at the fact you said that you're sloth, so, uh, a sloth is your spirit animal. Well, it's kind of half sloth, half quokka. <laughs> trying to explain to people what a quokka is for people who haven't heard of it. I what a quokka is, you need to Google it right now. It's the world's happiest animal. I'll give you animal. time. <laughs> <laughs> Pause it. All right, welcome back. <laughs> They're cute. And I'm cute. Um, Love you. Right. So, Olivia Duran Deacon was a 69-year-old widow. She mm. was left well... Why is that funny? 69. Nice. Fuck's sake. A woman has died. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so, left. she was left wealthy by her husband, who was Colonel of the Gloucestershire Regiment. Okay. She lived at Onslow Court Hotel in Kensington. Oh, she lived in Kensington, I see. <laughs> And she wanted to produce artificial fingernails from plastic and was looking for someone to help. So she effectively wanted to invent acrylic nails. Yeah. So 39-year-old businessman John Hay fit the position. He was always cheerful, dressed really smart, he drove a nice car, and he also lived at the hotel. Okay. He told people that he was the owner of a small factory in Crawley, which was 50 miles south of London. So when Mrs. Dee Dee approached him with the idea, he was really interested and he told her that he would look into the materials that were needed to make the artificial nails. Okay. So they both agreed to go down to his factory on the 18th of February to discuss the project. So he arranged to meet Mrs. Dee Dee outside of the Army and Navy Department store and then drive her to Crawley. But later, he claimed that she failed to turn up to go. Okay. Cracks are starting to form. He was really well known in Crawley and at 4pm he was seen at the George Hotel in Crawley having dinner with a lady similar of appearance to Mrs. D.D. And then two and a half hours later he went to a cafe for egg and toast in a chat with Mrs. Ottram, the proprietor. Pay the piper, the proprietor. Who was the proprietor? The owner. Right, so he had lunch with the so he went to see him because he owned it. That's staying in. <laughs> he had lunch with the proprietor. Go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm your proprietor, bitch. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, no, I need to wait. Hang on. I need to make sure that that is actually what proprietor stands for. Hang on. Define proprietor. So you don't even know then? I think it's owner. This is the definition of proprietor. The owner of a business right, okay. or a holder of property. I feel you. At least I, I now feel vindicated that I got it right. Right. So then later at 9.30, we went back to the George for dinner mm-hmm. by himself mm-hmm. and then drove back to London. Okay. Can we just appreciate how nice my handwriting is? It's beautiful. <laughs> hey, hey, so, let's, let's appreciate mine as well. Look at that. Yeah, but you write in couple of that as well. Yeah. Means everybody Mine's can write. Nice and curly. Least means <laughs> nice and curly. <laughs> nice and cursive. Can you just concentrate, thanks? Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, Mrs. Dee Dee was not at her table for breakfast, where she usually would be. Hot damn. So John Hay was asked by another guest, Mrs. Lane, where she was. No, had on. <laughs> Hold up. John Hay asked another guest, uh-huh. Mrs. Lane, where she was, telling her that she didn't show up to meet him the day before. 
So he's planting the seeds to say, like, oh, yes. I've never seen her. Yeah. <laughs> so later that day, he drove back to Crawley. He went to his property, sold some jewellery for £110 and left a, po- a Persian coat for cleaning and called in at the George for another meal. Mrs. Lane checked Mrs. Dee's room to find the bed had not been slept in. Uh-oh. The next day, he announced if he asked if there was any news and she said that she was going to go to the police and he offered to drive her. Yep. So the search was undertaken by Scotland Yard Mm-mm. and an article was posted. He seemed really unsuspicious in his first interview explaining how she failed to turn up. But police discovered that he didn't own the factory and he only had a small storeroom within the factory that he used to do business. So at first he's coming across like, yeah, I didn't. Do, like, he's basically acting like he didn't do it in the sense that he literally believes he hasn't done it. Yeah. That's how he he's in- portraying it. Mm-hmm. and when they've dug a little deeper they're like hang on we kind of like this guy because he lied about everything so far yeah. he was interviewed another three times and on the third time police officer alexandra lamben <laughs> the face you just made when you couldn't pronounce that name alexandra lamb lambat no lambon Lam- lamben lamben alexandra lamben took an instant dislike to the small man Ooh, small man syndrome I have that. But small man syndrome. No, well, I'm a girl, but I've got small girl syndrome. But do you know why I'm so angry and so little? Because I'm close at hell. <laughs> so if I die, everyone, that's why. <laughs> He's had a Snickers. She took an instant dislike to him, um, but he kept repeating his story, saying that she never showed up. Um, but then the police officer wanted his background checking and found out that he had a long history of being a con man and had also been in prison. Three times for fraud, theft, forgery and false pretenses. Jesus. Yeah. Police then went to the factory and looked in the storeroom. What was in the storeroom, Charlie? What was in the <laughs> storeroom? There was, we must know. There was Stuff. Stuff. Um, on the 26th of February, two detectives prized the door open. It looked normal, but they found heavy rubber gloves, an apron stained with chemicals, wartime gas masks, Ooh, geez. empty acid containers and corroded metal drums, and also a revolver. Ooh, damn. They also found personal possessions, a handbag, a purse, and a cleaning ticket in the Persian court belonging to Mrs. D.D. Oh, the police always win, guys. Yeah, even back in them days. He was brought in for questioning, but he dozed off during his interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Just choke on your pop. I should not have took a drink when you said that. He dozed off. He dozed off in his interviews. My God. (coughs) Um, And he only hesitated briefly when they brought it up, what they'd found. So he still had a, he said that, a story all waiting for yeah. the explanation. So he said that he took her belongings, seeing that Mrs. D.D. no longer is it, exist. She disappeared completely and no trace of her can ever be found again. I have destroyed her with acid and you will find sludge remains at the factory and every trace of her body is gone. Uh, That's what he said. Uh, okay. So with no emotion, he then described how he shot her, then put her body into a vat of acid. Does that require lots of like explanation? Like- description like was he like i held the gun at arm's length i squeezed the trigger and the bullet traveled 30 seconds across the room like does he need to say any more than i shot her and stuck her in a bath no, that's exactly what he said wow okay. he spoke with pride about how he carried it out and he thought that without the actual body he wouldn't be convicted because <laughs> there was no full body and yet <laughs> <laughs> but he just showed no remorse or concern for for his victims oh, damn 
So on the 2nd of March, he was taken to court and accused of Mrs. Dee's murder. An angry crowd started to attack him as he left the hearing, which only took two minutes. Wow. Yeah. A two minute. Like you usually hear like wings where it's like, oh, it took them two hours. It took them three hours. Two minutes. Two, two minutes. So Dr. Keith Simpson, a forensic, found blood stains matching Mrs. Dee's blood group in the weed covered yard. He also found sludge and he picked up a stone, but it wasn't a proper stone. It was a gall stone covered in fat. Oh. So something from inside of our body. Jesus Christ. Crowds gathered at the factory to watch like, the examination of the area and the search lasted more than a week. Everything in the storeroom was taken, including the eroding drubs and the sludge for investigation. Sweet Jesus. A set of false teeth false teeth was also found belonging to Mrs. Dee Dee. So basically, she, he's done that. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't think of... Ugh. Makes me feel sick a bit. Haig was born into a Christian family that believed that entertainment and sport should have been banned. Huh? So it was banned completely, entertainment and sport, which made him react against it. So I'm guessing they hated fun. Yeah. So it's, it's their fault. That's but what then it is. he it's committed re- like many frauds. So he married Beatrice Hamer in 1934. She was a model and a waitress. And then less than four months later, he, he was sentenced to 15 months for fraud. And he never saw his wife ever again. But so she just packed up and left. Because after his release, he started working with Williams. Cause he, no, because he left. Okay. He ran away to then oh, d- make see. another fraud somewhere else. So after his release, he started working with William McSwan running an amusement arcade. <laughs> this is a real fuck you with his parents. <laughs> this, this went their separate ways because he had to go on the run again. But later in 1944, when he moved to London, they met up. And McSwan's mother asked he to help her son avoid any military call-up because she didn't want us to go. So he agreed. He took William McSwan to a basement flat, bludgeoned him to death. Holy crap. Drank some of his blood and then put his remains yep. in acid and then put the acid and sludgy remains down the drain. I legit thought you were going to say it and then ate his sludgy remains. No. So this is his first time using acid and then he also used it to kill McSwan's mom and dad. Because he wanted everything they had. So he forged his way to gain all of their assets. And it worked. Sounds like it. And nothing was ever investigated because they were only three members of their family. Did they not have any friends who were asking questions? Nope. Nothing. Okay. So... I feel slightly more happy about the fact that I have a, a small amount of friends who <laughs> <laughs> might miss me when yeah. you murder me. I mean, when I get murdered. I mean, continue. So only when he admitted that he'd done that did police find out about the mixed ones. Jeez. And then Dr. Archibald Henderson and Leslie's wife. I love that name. Archibald. <laughs> um, became really good friends with her and they agree, agree to go a weekend in Brighton with him. So... Mm-mm. Mr. Henderson decided to call into the factory to surprise him Uh-oh. with his wife. And both of them ended up being killed by her. Their blood drunk. Oh my God, what is with this and guy? And disposed in acid. Yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine what drinking blood would then, be like. Like, Would it yeah. be like like slimy? <laughs> Milkshakey? <laughs> <laughs> Whiny? <laughs> um, so he forged letters for them as well to gain their assets, saying that he'd mo- they'd moved to South Africa. Which is a totally normal thing to do in the 1950s. And attempts were made to trace them all the way up until he admitted it. Hmm. Um, So he then picked on Mrs. D.D. and then confessed to four more murders as well as all of them. Jesus. Um, And then it all leaked out with the press. 
and they found it hard to believe that he drank the blood and they branded him a vampire in all the newspaper articles. I was going to say, why wouldn't they? Um, and then evidence of Mrs. Dee Dee was brought to court. The jury told were told the details of the killing, mm-hmm. and he was he was just proud, showed no remorse, and he did crossword puzzles. <laughs> so just didn't give a shit. He did crossword puzzles, man. I don't think Sudoku was a thing back then. <laughs> you could just imagine like they're, they're saying like this man was a despicable, violent stain on humanity. Oh my god, that's four down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like hmm, another name for killer this man's a murderer (laughs) cheers does anyone know who played Sonia and he's tenders so the the man defending him in court said that the only way he would escape prison was would to be proven that he was insane which is a very common conviction what he was doing sorry a very common plea to say oh yeah I'm I'm insane but that was proved unconvincing and the person battling his side didn't once like question anything else that was being said or battle it just let it <laughs> mean and then okay <laughs> it was concluded that he knew what he was doing was very wrong and that he was mentally all there and on the 19th of july it took 13 minutes to find him guilty in court 13 minutes oh, that's a little bit longer than two yeah <laughs> so he was sentenced to hang for the murder of mrs dd duran deacon um, man and he made headlines because he asked for a rehearsal for his hanging so that his hanging would be perfect and there would be no problems. But it was refused, obviously. I mean, they could have just said, yeah, well, this is your practice run and just did it anyway. <laughs> your practice run to raw. So at 9am on the 10th of August, he was executed without any problems and hundreds waited outside to see the official notice of death hang on the, the door. He donated his favourite suit and tie to Madame Tussauds in London so that it could live on. And it's still on display today. Holy crap, we're going. <laughs> he got 29 quid because that's how much it is to get in each. That, that's fine, yeah. We'll, we'll do Bloody that when we're going to off to see a bit of wax. I want to see that, a bit of wax. I got an Ikea. They've got a full-on candle section. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun to take a picture. It? It'll be worth the Instagram You've post. You've been to Madame Tussauds? Yeah, but I never saw that. I did the murder bit. There's a murder bit? Yeah, the bit that we went through. It was like people jumping out at you and stuff. I don't remember that, like. Was a very memorable trip. I remember the first time I went to Madame Two Swords when it was when Kylie was like had her put one put out, but she had the little um, gold hot pants on, and loads of people were like touching it and grabbing it, and actually got taken down because like people were being too inappropriate with it. Well, if you want to talk about people touching them, I've got a picture of me choking the Justin Bieber one. Yeah. So that's fun. Back when I was a bit skinnier. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that was good. What was his name again? John Hay. John Hay. The acid bath killer. Acid bath. I was like, what, what was the A again? <laughs> A is for acid. Ha, <laughs> uh, uh, acid. Yes! <laughs> okay, well, my turn? No, finished. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening, guys. It's all about uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so mine doesn't have a cutesy name. He's just called, well, A is for Alexander Pierce. Alexander Yay! Hamilton. <laughs> That's what I he's going to say. Uh, right, well, this is going back. So yours was in 1940? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Um, mine's going back a few years from that. Mine was in um, 1790. <laughs> <laughs> Our full history project on this one. Gonna All say right, so. A is for ancient. <laughs> a, a, ancient. <laughs> Um, uh, this is, I'm going to read this literally as I wrote it because I wrote it v- a very long time ago. 
I wrote it about like four months ago. How many pages you got? Uh, one, two, three, four. So that's how many I had. Yeah. Okay. Okay, because um, I need to watch RuPaul. <clears throat> you can get stuffed. <laughs> Stop using it as an eyelash Just uh, shut up. All right, so born at some point in 1790, Alexander P.S. was born in County Monaghan. Monaghan is a G in there. Ireland, and was a Roman Catholic farm labourer. So pretty boring life, to be fair. Um, when he was about- Farming's not boring. I could not imagine being a farmer. I'm no offence to any farmers out there, but to me, I think I would enjoy it. Nah, I don't like getting my hands but dirty. But then I wouldn't, I wouldn't enjoy getting having to do it every single because you got to do it every single day. That's what I'm saying. And it is hard work, and especially in winter. And I don't think I would like see my animals get killed either. Yeah, I also wouldn't like to be walking up with a cock. Anyway, I love piggies. <laughs> you love piggies. We could always do a dairy farm, but then again, they would have no pigs on a dairy farm. Imagine if you owned a dairy farm, but you were lactose intolerant. Oh, the irons! I could say my dentist has bad breath. Um, Wasn't the person who voiced Bugs Bunny legit carrots or something? something like that? Yeah. <laughs> and Walt Disney was afraid of mice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, when he was about eighteen, nineteen, he was sentenced to penal transportation, and no, that is not the transportation of his penis. Um, <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> to Van Diemen's Island. Uh, now, this is what I wrote. Now. What do you think penal transportation is? Uh, he was moved somewhere by himself. Alone. <laughs> he was moved somewhere by himself. Alone. Right, well, so where do you think Van Diamond's Island is? Hmm, I don't know. Van Diamond's Island. Is it an island? No, Island. Van Diamond's Island was its name up until 1856 when it was renamed Tasmania. Oh. So why do you think he was arrested slash sentenced like why do you think he was sentenced to being on transportation too dangerous too dangerous <laughs> this man is a blight on society who will be transported to the other side of the world mm. according to the last confession of alexander ps from um an archive news article on culturenorthernireland.org <laughs> it was for, it was for quote the theft of six pairs of shoes <laughs> it's a different time back then so, so he got deported. So he got deported to the other side of the world. But he's not from there, though, is he? He's from Ireland. Yeah. And he got sent to basically Australia. Because you got to remember, Australia was our prison colony. Right, okay. Which is why people say... That makes more sense. Fucking convicts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, so a few years go by and he's I've committed. never heard that before, to be fair. What? Someone ever saying that Australian people are our convicts or something. You've never heard I've that? I've never heard that before. I'm looking around the room for inspiration here. <laughs> you ain't gonna get it around here. Christ, okay. Never heard that before. No wonder you failed history. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're so nasty. <laughs> a few years go by and he's committed various crimes during his stay on Van Diamond's Island, up until the point where he was put into the Hobart Town Gazette as an asconder with an advertised... So he's not in prison, he's just been sent to this island. Yeah, he's been exiled, essentially. I was going to say, because imagine if he was in prison, what you've done. Oh, I murdered and killed ten women and children. What did you do? I saw six pairs of shoes. <laughs> um, he was advertised in this paper called the Hobartown Gazette with a reward of... A fiver. Close, a tenner for his capture. When he was <laughs> caught, he was charged with not only... Yeah, but back then, that's a lot of money. Yeah, true. When he was caught, he was um, charged with not only 
absconding, but he was also charged with forging an order. Um, I don't really know what forging an order, order is. Shoot order. <laughs> <laughs> I bought these shoes. No, you didn't. For this serious crime, he was sentenced a second time to penal transportation. Back to Ireland. <laughs> this time he was going to Sarah Island in Maguire Harbour. Now, if you think of Tasmania on a map, it's pretty small, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, if you go to Sarah Island Harbour, it's Even literally smaller. a dot on the map. It's if you look at a if you look at a world map, you can't see it. It's so <laughs> so small. But this is where it gets juicy in a rare steak kind of way. It's literally why I wrote. Uh, literally as I wrote it. <laughs> I've just made you steak as well. It was, and it was juicy and lovely. Just like your ass. Um, <laughs> hey, you've described your ass as that on the podcast before. Yeah, but it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> you went, you said something about your ass and then you went, it's juicy. <laughs> so on ep- on September 20th, 1620, oh, for fuck's sake. So on September 20th, 1822, just over four months after appearing in the Hobartown Gazette, he escaped from Maguire Harbour Penal Station, along with seven other convicts. They were Alexander Dalton, Thomas Bodenham, William Kennelly, Matthew Travers, Edward Brown, Robert Greenhill, and John Mather. They escaped while working on the eastern side of Sarah Island. Greenhill appointed himself as the leader of the eight, which from the looks of things was purely because he had an axe. (laughs) <laughs> he was the only person with a weapon and therefore he was the leader um after about 15 days of travel the group of men were starving and decided to, to draw lots to see who would be killed for food <laughs> the fattest one hmm. more meat it's not but known... then again the weakest one probably mm, exactly. it's not known whether or not it was um dalton or bodenheim who drew the short straw but regardless of who it was greenhill killed him with the axe Three of the men, Kennelly, Brown, and what could have been Dalton, because again, we don't know if it was Dalton or Bodenheim that, that died, because it was so long ago, got scared and ran away. So three of them have run away at this point, and one of them's dead. So the group has been halved, essentially. Dalton either died from the axe blow, or he died of um, exhaustion in the, out in the elements, which we actually really don't know. Um, the other two went back to Maguire Harbour. So four, two are dead, and two have fled and four of them are still on the run. So left on the run were Greenhill, Travers, Matha, and Pierce. Travers then got bitten on the foot by a snake, and when it became apparent that he wasn't going to survive, he was killed as well. So there's only three left. Pierce then... Would you be able to eat him, though, if he's been poisoned? Chop the foot off and there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pierce then sided with Greenhill and Travers, meaning the next victim was Matha. Uh, I've written that completely out of order, I've just (laughs) realised. Anyway, I've completely <laughs> fucked that up in some way. But let's just, just so you know, that all that is left is Greenhill and Travers, as well as Alexander Pierce, who this whole thing's on. So after that, it was basically a game of cat and mouse. Both Pierce and Greenhill needed to sleep eventually. Um, Greenhill fell asleep, and let's just say that while he's sleeping, he couldn't hold his axe. And at the end of it, Pierce ended up being the sole survivor. So of, of the whole thing, two ran back to the camp. I went, but well, a camp, the prison. Mm. And the only other person to survive was P.S. because the rest of them were either murdered or died of exhaustion. Greenhill was killed and P.S. then sat down to a nice meal of Greenhill's body. He would go on to raid an Aboriginal campsite for more food. And then he found his way to the settled districts and found some sheep. 
he began charring down on a lamb when a shepherd happened upon him during his latest meal. Can you guess what happened next? He ate the farmer. Nope. <laughs> I've literally wrote that down. Because <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. Four months ago. Nope. The shepherd was an old friend and Alexander was inducted into a sheep stealing ring. So you went from thinking this was going to end in the shepherd's death. To him getting a job. To him getting a job. Getting a job because he ate a sheep. A criminal job. Did he eat the sheep raw? Well, probably. What about the humans? Raw. Well, they probably cooked them on a campfire. <laughs> so he was inducted into a sheep stealing ring. He, was, he would be eventually caught. Um, and the two people who he was with were both hanged for bush ranging. I don't know what that means. And escaping from a military escort. So basically everybody working in this sheep ring were Criminal. criminals also on the run from doing something else. Mm-hmm. All in all, Alexander was on the run for 113 days, with about half of those days being in the wilderness. While banged up in Hobart, Alexander made a confession to Reverend Robert Knopwood, but he did not believe Pierce's claims of cannibalism and believed that Pierce's and believed that Alexander's co-escapees were still free and living as bush rangers, and Pierce was sent back to Maguire Harbour. There was um, various inconsistencies in uh, the three confessions that Alexander would give. Um, there was one that he gave to Knopwood, one that he gave to uh, Lieutenant Cuthbertson, commander of Maguire Harbour, and one given to Father Philip Connolly the night before his execution. Each confession gave some details differently, but the main consistency across all of the confessions was that eight men escaped and only one survived. He managed to escape one more time along with a young convict named Thomas Cox. Ten days later, he was captured and taken to the Supreme Court of Van Diemen's Island in Hobart, where he was tried and convicted of murdering and cannibalizing Thomas Cox. So he basically, this guy helped him escape and to thank him, he murdered him and ate him. People said that, uh, people said that Alexander did not look like a cannibal due in part to his below average height of... Five for three. Five for three. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> uh, the Hobart Town Gazette on the 25th of June, 1824, wrote that he w- did not appear to be someone who was, quote, laden with the weight of human blood and believed to have banqueted on human flesh. So they said he didn't look like the type, so they thought he was innocent. When he was captured from killing Cox, what do you think was found in Alexander's pockets? Jewelry of the people he killed? Pieces of Thomas Cox's body. Alexander confessed that he killed Cox because when they released, sorry, when they reached King's River, it was found that Cox could not swim. So it was either cross this and die, cross this or die. Die, we'll eat you, then we'll swim over. Basically, Thomas Cox was fucked. You're not meant to swim on a heavy stomach. (laughs) I guess he did it anyway. So Alexander holds two very high achievements. He was the first felon to ever be executed by the new Supreme Court, and he was the first confessed cannibal to pass through the Tasmanian court system. That's some pre- That's two very big achievements, if you ask me. A is for achievement. <laughs> Alexander Pierce was hanged at 9am on the 19th of July, 1824, at the Hobart Town looks like it says, looks like it's Gaul, but the A and the O have been mixed around. Not a Gaula. Have you not written it wrong? No, I think it's Gaul. Anyway, Father Conley gave him his last rites. Apparently, before he was hanged, Alexander reportedly said, Man's flesh. Have a flesh- practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a practice. He reportedly said, Man's flesh is delicious. It tastes far better than fish or pork. 
wasn't but it? not steak. Uh, it was a um, cannibal, a really well-known one. Armin Mivers? No. Um, you're going to have to give us a hint Cause, here. No, because he wrote some that he didn't write, but I seen something on Facebook and there's a picture of him and then it said um, tattooed people are the, the worst to eat. Again? No. Anyway. I'll find out later. My last line is, Alexander has inspired many things in pop culture from movies, books, songs, and that's just weird. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the story of Alexander Pierce. A is for Alexander Pierce. Yay! You're looking up this this cannibal, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Oh, weird. Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, Dahmer. How did I forget that? He said that he never went for people with tattoos because inked skin tastes the worst. Well, you know what to do? <laughs> Get a shitload of tattoos and you won't be the victim of a cannibal. <laughs> hey, it's sound logic. I am very well informed now of the acid bath murders and I'm sure you're very well informed of the man that was Alexander Pierce. Yes. Um, you got any news? No. No? Okay. Um, this is very much more of a societary um, darkness side of things it's definitely on death could be death we never know what this place um but question charlie how do you access the internet in this country easily i wasn't actually ex- i was <laughs> expecting a fucking no, like, through, man like on your phone on your computer well, that's a method of accessing it but like what you do is you log in ring up a company all right you give them your credit card details i don't have a credit card you give them your debit card <laughs> details they install it and then you just have access to the internet. Oh, just live with your mom and dad and let them sort That too. But soon, Chinese citizens are going to have to scan their face before they can access the internet. Um, or or get a fo- new phone number. They don't have a lot of things that we do. Though. They're not, like, didn't Facebook get banned or something over there? Google's banned over there. You can't access Google. Because when I was looking at moving to China... Actually, I think you can now, but I think they've really stripped it down yeah. to, like... Just Chinese stuff that you can access from Google. Because when I was looking at moving to China, Mm -hmm. they had that. I would have to get that thing up on my phone, wouldn't I? A VPN. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much... uh, But this way, people still disappear in China. Especially with what's going on right now with Hong Kong. Which, Blizzard, well done, by the way, for shooting yourselves in the foot. One of my favourite video games is... Overwatch? Overwatch, correct. It's actually coming out on Nintendo Switch soon. So I was very, very excited to get it. Nice, you just hit put your mic. <laughs> I was actually very, very excited to purchase Overwatch on Nintendo Switch, and now I don't think I'm going to because Blizzard are censoring pro Hong Kong people, essentially. Anything that's anti China that's happening with their game is getting banned. All that Hong Kong wants is freedom mm-hmm. because currently, is Hong Kong a country? No. No, but they want to be, and the Chinese government won't let them. For instance, do you know which um, like party is in charge of China? Labour. <laughs> Forced labour, probably, so yeah. Not, but um, um, it's the Communist Party. I was going to say, because it's a communist country. Yeah. China. Therefore, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you two questions here. What is the national religion of Great Britain? Christian. Christianity. What is the national... That was a trick question. No. What is the national religion of... Greece. Catholic. Correct. What is the national religion of China? Christian. It's actually atheism. Yep. You're basically told from a young age that religion doesn't matter. Now, I, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in that stuff. I'm agnostic. But I, be, but 
I believe in the right to be able to, to choose what you want to believe. Like right now in China, there are like Muslim graveyards being completely destroyed and paved over with fucking car parks. That's disgusting. Yeah. It's ridiculous how China is getting away with this. So people say like North Korea is scary. It well might be, but we're not seeing it. Mm. Like, have you seen how many people are actually taking to the streets in Hong Kong? I hope this Hello. podcast gets banned in, in Hong Kong. Sorry, <laughs> in, in uh, China. I hope we get banned in China. Because <laughs> that might take away, like, a lot of um, listen, potential listeners. But I don't give a shit. China, you might make some cheap parts that go in phones and stuff. What? Everything's made in China. Just getting a bit here. I don't care what the fuck you make for my components and that. I don't give a crap. Free Hong Kong. That's all I want to say on that. Do you have any other news stories? Maybe something more lighthearted, like a fucking murder? Um, it's World Mental Health Day today. It is indeed. You're very white. Yeah. That's not darkness, though. I mean, obviously well, people do feel darkness. darkness in your head. In that, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But I was going to say that the actual day of it being that way is not. It's very much a light thing, mm-hmm. which should be encouraged. People should talk about their problems, which... Not enough people do, and I keep saying this to people at work, but it's super, super scary to think that one day your brain could just turn on you. Yeah. Because we don't know enough about the human brain. Yeah. I mean, think of it this way. Do you know what a CPU looks like? No. A CPU is like, it's like a chip about that big. I'm making, make the OK symbol with your with your hand, and the hole, the circle you're making, that's roughly the size of a CPU. Now, if you set, if you put that much of your brain in that circle... There is more computing power and more, like there's just more power in that much of your brain than there is in a computer CPU. Mm. Now think of how much, how powerful your actual brain is. Yeah. And yet that thing can just turn on you. It's mental. It is. It's mental health. (laughs) It's ridiculous how much we don't know about it. And it's scary. Yep. Just as scary as something that was posted the other day. You're familiar with Sandy Hook, right? Yeah. The The school shooting. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what this, I think it's called like the Sanity Hook campaign or something like that. They posted a video on their YouTube channel and on that, like basically all our social medias, but it, I saw it on YouTube. And it was um, basically, I think it was called School Essentials or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on, I've got the post here somewhere. You just can't imagine how scary it would be going to school and thinking, what if someone comes in and getting trained to yeah. hide and stuff? It's- the the video is called Back to School Essentials, the Sanity Hook Promise. And it's all these kids getting ready to school, getting ready for school, going like, "Oh yeah, like I am. Um, I got some new notebooks. I got some new pens." I think I've seen it. And then like they're acting super calm. Yeah, yeah there's an active shooter in the school, yeah. and they're all running around, and they're like saying like, "This this new PE kit makes for a great tourniquet." Like mm-hmm. the fact that they have to make that video, yeah, is insane. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's another one that they another video they made where it's, um. You watch the video as it's a normal video and it looks like it's a guy communicating with someone through writing on a desk mm-hmm. and he finally, at the last of the school year, finds who this person is who he's been communicating with and he's like, oh, hey, I kind of want to start going out with you. And then as he starts talking to this girl, finally, after an entire school year, in the background, someone bursts into the gymnasium and starts firing a gun. And it pops up saying like, you were too focused on these two, but you didn't see this guy in the background. Yeah. And he's looking at gun magazines. He's looking, he's posting pictures of himself, posing with guns. You just don't see it because that's not what you're focused on. Yeah. And someone posted this. It's like the biggest post, well, the biggest comment 
um, on this post on Reddit. And it's quite a long post, but literally the bottom of it is talk to your fucking kids. Yeah. Not, not even just kids, talk to people because that might stop someone from running into a school and shooting someone. It it's might... a, do you know what? It's the same with mental health. Like check, check in on your friends. Yeah. I did see an advert for that on even Facebook Even like the yesterday. happiest people can be the saddest. Yeah. You've got no idea what people are like. Really. Yeah. Um, I look at Robin Williams. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm still devastated by that. Yeah. But he like, was like so funny and like so happy. And I saw a Facebook post. It, it was an advert, but literally just said, ask twice. Yeah. Like, so like, I, asked, I have to ask you 20 times. It literally is like someone saying like, hey man, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Are you sure? Actually, no, I'm not doing all right. Like that's yeah. the, that's the thing. It, it obviously isn't that black and white. It might take someone a, a few chances to open up Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day if you are showing concern legitimate concern and not just like oh hey how you doing yeah like if you're actually concerned with someone they'll open up to you humans are conditioned to what's the word humans are conditioned to respond to humanity this took a really really depressive turn (laughs) not really it's something that should be talked about yeah it's something that should be talked about it's not embarrassing to have no, of, of course it's not embarrassing any mental health issues or anything like that it's i'm just happy that i never have no. i mean like i have my up and down days mm-hmm. but i wouldn't say i was like on the severe scale i would just say that like it's things things get me down quite easily mm-hmm. but like i'm just glad that i've got a lot of people around us that support us and like love me and I've got a lot of friends who always check in on me and like ringers all the time and make sure I'm okay. If I ever say that I feel like shit, they're the first people to ring me. And then you've got people, I've got people in my life who don't give a shit, don't talk to us, don't message me. Only messages when they actually want things off us. And I really don't like that. I really don't like that. They're not the kind of people that I want around us. And I think it's toxic people like that that you've got to try and get rid of from your life. Mm-hmm. So, because that helps. Not thinking about those people and not having to deal with them and talk to them helps. Cut out toxicity. Yep. But just having good friends and having good family around you, people who care about you a lot, really helps. I mean, I'm the opposite side of this. I try my best to make people laugh. It comes at the expense of me looking like an absolute buffoon sometimes, but, and I know some people don't want to be, don't want to laugh, but for me, that's, it's the only thing I know what to do to yeah. try and get people's minds off it. Because I try and make people laugh as well. Like I am quite a happy person and like I do like try and make people laugh by saying funny things. But sometimes if I feel awkward, I feel like I've got to say funny things to then while they're laughing, leave. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just... And on a high it, note. Yeah, I just don't like the awkwardness sometimes. Mm-hmm. Know what you mean. And like, I get a bit anxious with a few things as well. Like, I can't pick a table and you you pick on me for that. But that's, Well, I, I can't understand I, why if you walk into a crowded restaurant, you can't pick a table. Because it, it might seem silly to some people. Yeah. But if it makes you feel uncomfortable, it makes you feel uncomfortable. And like, I don't like getting the bus because I don't like getting off the bus. Well, up until I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I've explained this one before to you. Like when I'm on the bus, I don't like being on the bus because I panic about pressing the bell in time and getting off the bus in time. I really panic thinking I'm not going to make it. 
And there's been a few occasions that I've panicked that much that I've just stayed on the bus for an extra couple of stops and then walked all the way back. God damn. Because <laughs> I just really don't like it. I mean, that's as why soon I as have the bus... a car and that's why I pay extortionate amounts See, for, for me, parking in Newcastle. <laughs> for me, as soon as the bus leaves the last bus, if I know that the bus is going to, the next stop is my stop, yeah. as soon as the bus leaves that bus stop, I hit the bell and go. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm being thrown around standing up for about a minute. Mm-hmm. I just get it straight up and go. But like other things will get you down then, like family wise, if like, like say for instance, I mean, my granddad's really not very well. Mm-hmm. And it does make me feel really bad every day thinking about him, but then. Mainly because of the distance. Yeah. But you just know that you've got to be strong mm-hmm. for him because speaking to me apparently makes him feel better. It's, it's not And I'm hard. looking forward to seeing him in two weeks. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, now everybody I speak to about this podcast, their favourite thing is you. Shock. So, <laughs> not only is she, not only uh, does she know she's helping people, she's also big-headed about it. Um, no. I have a tiny head. <laughs> I have to have children's glasses at the cinema. I mean, big ego. Um, <laughs> to know that someone, like your granddad, it brightens his day when you speak to him. That doesn't surprise us when people say that you're their favourite on the podcast because you come up with some cracking one-liners sometimes. Just because I'm born blonde, okay? Not just that though. Like, yes, <laughs> you say some things that are wrong, but you also say some things that are just truly hilarious. So, <laughs> And I thank you for recording these 11 podcasts with me. We've been going for ele- technically 11 weeks. It's a lot longer than 11 weeks because yeah. you weren't here, but thank you. <laughs> Talk to people, though. That's the message here that we're trying to convey. Talk to people. Because you never know what someone's thinking of. Even if it's someone who you think is super, super happy all the time, such as me. Like, literally everything I try to say is a joke. And the only time I actually get really, really serious, I start talking really quietly. And even then, it's not not because I'm feeling down or anything like that. It's because I'm pissed off sometimes. Yeah. But... Just ask people just how they are. It just helps to get it off your chest and to actually tell people how you feel. Like, I wouldn't mind if someone messaged me that I didn't really know that well. I would mm-hmm. listen. Same. Because I know how horrible it is to feel that way and feel that shit, so. But also, don't be afraid to give too much information. Yeah. Because, yes, people like us would like to help other people that we know, but if we don't know the whole, like, everything about, if we don't know, if literally say, let's just say, I don't know. If you don't know the escalation of it. Yeah, if we don't know the full story as to like why you're feeling a certain way or like what's led up to the events of that. Like we could give you the complete wrong advice. Like tailored advice has to be tailored in a way that, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't but, know where you're going either. But it's just, it's okay not to be okay. And that gets yeah. said a lot for mental health, but it is. And you've got to give yourself the same self-care mm-hmm. and attention that you would give to others in order to... Treat life like you do a crashing airplane. See yourself first, then help the person beside you. Yeah. And if you're like me and you're completely fine, help the person beside you. Yeah. See, my self-care stuff's mainly like having a face mask in bed <laughs> and watching one of my favourite movies. Such as? I have five favourite movies, so it would be hard to decide. <laughs> do I watch Gone Girl? Do I watch Overboard? Do I watch Mannequin? Do I watch... Am I right so far? 
Yeah. Do I watch Sleeping Beauty? Do You'll I not get w- the fifth one. Do I watch? Ooh, that's a, sounds like a challenge. Gone with the Wind. No. It's in my top ten, but it's not one of them. Give us a hint. Mean Girls. No. I do like that, though. Is that also in your top ten? It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple favour. Really? Yeah, I really like that one. The... Anna Kendrick. Blake Lively yeah. and... What? Okay. I think it's because it's got a Gone Girl essence to it. I think that's why I like it. So you like feministic movies? <laughs> Where the women take the power? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ten points if you can tell me what my favourite movie is. Zodiac. Ooh, got it in one. Nice. Remember when I... When was it? You said something and I thought you oh, said something. Oh, right. Okay. Right. We're going to go into the happy ending from this. <laughs> so... What makes me happy? What makes me happy is telling people this story. God. So... I've encountered this many times on my travels. Um, I don't know if this happens with just women. It might happen with men as well. But in my experience, it's mostly just women. When they're, you're talking to them and they're typing on their phone and you ask them a question and they completely ignore you because they're typing. <laughs> now, they're supposed to be able to multitask. Obviously, that's not true. But there was one night I turned to Charlie and went, do you want to watch the end of this movie or do you want us to just take you home? That's the response I got. Utter silence. <laughs> I got pissed off and went, do you just completely zone out when I'm talking to you or are you just being ignorant? I was just being ignorant. What you went was, you went, uh, hit the lock button on your phone, put a face down and went, what? <laughs> Well, I went, what did I just say? And you went, um, do, do you want to watch the end of Zodiac? We weren't watching Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> just because I said a word that began with a Z, you thought I said Zodiac. <laughs> you can't say I don't entertain you. You entertain the bejesus out of me <laughs> do you want to go home or do you just zone out when I talk to you yeah especially when you talk about wrestling I'm just like nah, nah, nah. don't you mean Zodiac <laughs> no but one day you do have to watch the end of that movie because it's very good you've never made it to the end of that movie I can understand why it is three hours long I'll watch out if you watch Gone with the Wind no deal I'm for the same amount of time. It, Gone with the Wind is on for <laughs> three hours and 59 minutes. So? Zodiac is on for two hours and 40 you minutes. Could, you could watch it in two, two hours? You shouldn't have to do that with a movie. <laughs> she's but making, it's good. She's making the beaker face from the moments. <laughs> anyway, what's making you happy? What's making me happy? Um, Knowing that... I'm going out for my friend's birthday tomorrow. I'm seeing my sister on Saturday, I think. Um, I'm going to see my granddad in two weeks' time. Anything that you have done recently? This is all like future stuff. Yeah. Um, it was my grandma's birthday yesterday. <laughs> and you we had cry. Tea. Yeah, she always cries. It's not, I was going to say, it's not saying much. You could buy her a bag of toilet roll and she would cry. <laughs> um, you get bags of toilet roll? Yeah, Costco, they've got handles on. 
We put them in the cupboard if we you want to have a look. Bag of toilet roll. <laughs> <laughs> we were walking through town the other week, like me, my mum, dad, and my sister. And um, we were walking through town, and this woman <laughs> had like a bag of toilet rolls, and one was missing. And then my dad was like, Do you think she's had a shit somewhere? <laughs> I don't use the whole roll. And the woman did. <laughs> <laughs> It just kind of reminds us of my my old insult I used to say eat a bag of dicks I don't know what the measurement of a bag of dicks is but have that for what you will <laughs> um, one of my grandma's friends bought a, bought a tinned crab for her birthday the, that's what I brought in here to show you and I went, would you yeah and I went would you eat that and you went what the hell is that and I was like it's I mean I was crab. half asleep when you showed us so I don't she remember got much tinned but... crab for her birthday tinned so crab. I was writing her up saying she's got crabs for her birthday <laughs> She was like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> so, never mind. Never mind. It's like when you said to her, it was on no, your Snapchat. <laughs> no, right. So that was because she got a catalogue through the door and it had a dildo in it to buy. What was the catalogue? I don't know. Sexy text, text her and ask her. I'm not going to text her and ask her that. <laughs> so then I'd bought her a sherbet dip. Do you know, like with the... Um, okay, right. Okay. Do you know the like licorice one? No, the li- li- licorice one. Oh, it's just called sherbet. Sherbet dip, I'm sure. So I bought her one of them and I wrapped it up and she went, what? was like a pencil. She was like, what's this? I was like, well, I thought you wanted one out of that catalogue. And she went, <laughs> you haven't. She went, no. She was like, no, I kind of opened it in front of your granddad. I was like, well, what do you Did think? Did you save it? Yeah, I've saved it. All right, I'm going to put the audio in the, in the podcast. So then she went, oh. Well, 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 what is it then? And I was like, well, it's a dildo. She went, no, you have not bought me that. I was like, I have, I have. So she starts shaking it. <laughs> and she's like, she's like absolutely mortified, opening it up. And then she opens it up and then Jake goes, well, what do you think it is? What are you being told it is? And she goes, a dildo. <laughs> yeah, there, I'll find it. She's funny. She's easy to wind up, though, that's the thing. Very easy to wind up. She was texting my auntie, like, asking her, like, if she wanted to go out. And then she was getting really annoyed that my auntie wasn't replying to, like, going out with her. Yeah. So then my auntie was like, well, I haven't got any of your messages. Like, like, wind your neck in. Like, (laughs) holy money. I've not been, like given any of these messages by the like provider or anything like uh-huh. it's not come through it's like having a mobile phone in like the early 2000s so then, like your text might get there <laughs> so then the next day my auntie was like i keep getting these really weird messages on the house phone like a like, robotic voice it turns out my grandma's been texting me auntie's house phone <laughs> not my auntie's that's mobile twice now <laughs> i was like washing it like when you so when she like messages the house phone uh-huh. it's like would you like you to, go to, to go to Weatherspoons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my auntie was like, oh my God, that's really weird, isn't it? Like people are like a robot asking us to go out. It's me bloody grandma texting the house phone. <laughs> it's a good thing she's off sound mind because like if it was like, if it was like a person who's a bit more senile, it'd be like, the robots are taking over. <laughs> my auntie said, well, when I took my auntie and my grandma out for cake and coffee at the weekend and um, my auntie like started like creasing, but she's got like a proper smoker's laugh. So I found it more funny. And I was like, what is she laughing at? And she couldn't actually get the story out because she was laughing that much. Which was making you but laugh But it more. turns out they went to Weatherspoons and my grandma like needed a wee, but she'd like, she'd sat down and unzipped her coat. Right. But it's like a long coat. So she thought she'd zipped it all the way down, but she, ha- but she hadn't. Mm-hmm. So then my grandma was like, oh, I'm going to go for a wee. And she stood up and she hadn't 
like I, co- I caught wasn't fully open and she didn't realize so obviously dropped to the floor and she started walking to go to the toilet and she just went down like a sack of shit because <laughs> <laughs> because that coat was still wrapped around her leg and then man, oh, he could, man he couldn't even help her because she was nearly wetting herself like whatever she was like it was like slow motion Sheila <laughs> just went down like a sack of shit that's amazing <laughs> yeah next time you say you'll have to ask so what's making you happy your grandma just family things making me happy like being able to talk to my granddad and make him feel a bit better yeah. even though he's really not well and i can't really see mine now <laughs> what's making you happy jake um being able to record a podcast again <laughs> <laughs> about that's pretty much about it really mm-hmm. works long which makes us sleepy which makes us not be able to do much like i haven't played a video game in a while yeah um Descendants 3 comes out tomorrow and we've still not seen it. What do you mean, Charlie? You can't see just something that's not out yet. No, just don't put that in. We use a VPN for a reason. Um, yeah, there's literally nothing else I can think of that um, is making me happy, really. I made you stay. Well, yeah, you make me stuff all the I time. I make though. you food all the time. Um, I got a reply for a job yesterday, but it said like, oh, you've made it to the next round. We'll be in touch. Which generally means, yeah, yeah, you're not getting through. Um, finally started going to the cinema again. Seen Joker. Yeah, that's pretty dark. Joker, Ad Astra. What else have we seen? I like how in Joker, as well, he writes it down on a piece of paper a really good quote, and it says. <laughs> Which everyone's using to fuck now. Yeah, and it says um, the problem with mental health is everyone thinks that. Wait there, I'm going to find it. <laughs> Don't misquote the joker. <laughs> the worst part about having a mental illness is people expect you to behave as if you don't. Which is very true. Yeah. And then I'm sure I say something like, I used to think my life was a tragedy, but it's actually a comedy. Yeah. I used to think my life was a comedy. It turns out it's actually a war film. <laughs> I was expecting a bigger laugh there, but okay. <laughs> I used to think my life was a romance, but it's a horror. i used to think my life was a musical turns out i'm just literally weird and people think why is that guy singing in the street (laughs) (laughs) that's my type of humor anyway should we wrap this up yeah i think this might be the longest episode we've done jesus but jesus right so thank you very much for listening everybody if you like this episode you can please rate us on itunes slash apple podcasts which i think i saw yesterday that Apple are actually going to be winding down the use of iTunes. Um, and on Mac OS, they've released a podcast app, which I think is literally just called Apple Podcasts on Mac OS. So it's not only on iPhone, but it's on Macs as well. Um, so yeah, review us on there, please. You don't have to, but five stars would be lovely. Um, so yeah, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, we're on there now. Even though you can't access it in the UK, we're on iHeartRadio. Um, Stitcher and Spotify. Um, don't forget, you can email us at cidadpodcast at gmail.com, cidadpodcast at gmail.com. And the reason we would like you to, in- to email us is we want to know what is the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you. I've spoke about what is the creepiest thing that's ever happened to me in the podcast before. I think you did as well. Um, so yeah, we kind of just want to have some audience input just take the time to send us an email because, because, you know, we like to, we like to know about your weird stuff that's happened to you. Um, (laughs) 
other than that, I think that's all I've got to say about the intro. Outro, sorry, because I haven't done this in a while. Anything I've missed? No. No. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram because that's where you get all of our companion episodes. Literally just Comfort and Death and Darkness. Sorry, podcast. Uh, uh, blah, blah. Companion packs. I still haven't done, at the time of recording this episode, I still haven't done the last one. Um, But yeah. And you still haven't put a picture on Instagram of me being Thunder and Lightning in my school play, which nobody believes me about, but I, I have the evidence. Granted, I am looking at the photos over there right now. Um, but I need you to point me out, to point you out to me, because there's a few of them where I'm like, "Where is she?" <laughs> <laughs> so I have to put like a circle around you. Yeah, I was at naughty at school. <laughs> uh, right, so I'll post that and the companion episode. Ep- ep- bloody hell, keeps saying episode companion pack for this and the last episode, and we'll see you. We'll not see you. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. No, maybe we and will. We'll talk at you. Maybe we're the again thing. soon. <laughs> Maybe we're the things under your bed that go at night. <laughs> Maybe the we're the things in your closet going. I'm fabulous. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Kitty. All right, let's end it. You gotta say, remember, remember how we do the outro? We both gotta say good night at the same time. Three, two, one. Good, good night. night. Love you.